Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the Palmetto Swamps, to the Piney Woods, to the Oak Flats, you're listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. You're listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast, presented by Scree Gear, and uh, deer season is over, obviously been over now for a month, but turkey season is right around the corner. Turkey season is actually opening up in our neighboring state of Mississippi uh, next week, and or actually in two days, I'm sorry, and uh, it'll be opening up here for youth in about 10 or 12 days, and then course the the season opener here in louisiana is april the first and if you're looking for spring turkey gear scree has some fantastic turkey bundles on their site they got a great deal on what they call the the turkey elite starter bundle it is a uh a base layer set a pant a shirt and uh headgear gloves camo basically it's it's a full set of camo everything you would need um for turkey hunting and uh lightweight gear but has some layers to it as well so for cool mornings and warm days it would cover you i think you can get that entire turkey bundle for about 375 dollars with a lifetime warranty and that is that is a fantastic value that is a fantastic deal and uh there's their summit pattern if you haven't seen it i'm sure if you listen to this podcast you've probably seen it by now in some uh some fashion but their their summit camouflage pattern is absolutely dynamite in the spring turkey woods and uh, i would highly encourage you to get out there and check that out if you're looking for some turkey gear for this spring and the great thing is that turkey bundle will transition into a great early bow season set as well and kind of be the start off and um of of kind of getting into performance gear and and building a layering system so check them out screegear.com uh, all the all the common social media sites, YouTube channel, find out more about the gear, and shop online at screegear.com. 
So uh, Colin is here with me. What's up, Colin? What's going on? And uh, so <laughs> we've been slacking. <laughs> um, we we never even really finished off the season. I think our when was our last episode? Like mid to late January. Uh, I, I think it was middle of January. So yeah, something yeah. like that. <clears throat> so mid January, we typically carry the podcast late all, late January. Late January, we Slade was our last guest. Okay, so we typically carry the podcast all the way into um to February fifteenth when the the season closes statewide. There's some areas in our state, as you probably know, that have an archery season that goes. Um, until those last two weeks of February, or those first two weeks of February, or the last two weeks of the season, most of the state closes on the thirty first. But um, this year, we never finished. Our, we never finished that schedule. Um, all of our our own personal schedules got really busy, and um, we just kind of dropped the ball. So now here we are, and uh, it's a it's about a month, almost a month to the day uh, from. The season closing, completely closing, and uh, I'm curious to know your thoughts, Colin, about what it, with a month of separation, what are your thoughts about the 2022-2023 deer season? Um, well, I didn't kill anything. Um, <laughs> don't start, make that face. Start this off. <laughs> just start this off uh, by saying. Yeah, I mean, I didn't kill anything, but. I mean, it was a fun season. Uh, I definitely hunted more between hunting and filming. I, I sat in a tree more this year than I ever have. I think I counted just in the month of November and December, I made like 56 sits or something, which was like absolutely crazy. Um, so a lot of time in a tree. Um you know, learned a lot and I'm looking forward to next season. I mean, for me, it's like get kind of to the end of the season and the thoughts kind of start slipping in. You're like, I'm kind of ready for it to be over with, you know, like kind of tired. Well then as soon as it's over, you start to miss it. So (laughs) yeah, that's, that's kind of, I guess kind of what's going on right now. Yeah. Well, I've always been such a big turkey hunter that by the time by the time I got to that phase of of uh separation from the season, I was you know, Changed so years. yeah, between baseball and and I mean, I've obviously been involved with baseball for a long time and most of my life and between baseball and and, and turkey hunting, I it was I never had, I've never had to deal with that because by the time I got past that, it is kind of a sigh of relief if you're, especially as a bow hunter, because, you know, bow hunting all year takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of mental effort. Um, and you are kind of, it's kind of a, you hate to see it go, but kind of sigh of relief. Um, and, uh, by the time that wears off for me, I've always been, you know, busy in the spring with turkey hunting and and other things. So I haven't had that and I, but I'm, you know, I didn't have a good seat. I didn't kill anything either. So, 
this is this hunting podcast is very well represented here. So we wrap up. The, we didn't even kill a damn doe between the two of them. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't have. Yeah, that wasn't on the target list for me anyway. So yeah, I, I know. I'm just <laughs> that's yeah. Like, but uh, we're gonna starve now. Yeah. Well, my kid killed deer, and I got a deer from somebody else. So I have enough deer meat. Well, almost enough, but. I missed a deer with my bow, and that's the first deer I've missed. And I'm trying to, I honestly was, I've, I've thought about it since it happened, and I don't remember the last deer I missed with a bow. The last one I can remember for sure that I missed with a bow is, two th- like, I don't even know, 2006 or seven, maybe eight, maybe. Over Let's 10 see. years. Yeah, at least. I, I'm trying to think if there was one. I missed one in Kansas one year, and that was uh, that was like at least that was at least 12 years ago. It was the first time I ever hunted in Kansas. Um, hmm. and then I missed one in Mississippi. The only velvet deer I've ever shot at. On October the fifth, in full velvet, and I missed him at eighteen yards, and he scored one hundred and fifty inches or something. And I know that because the neighbor killed him later. Um, Dang, yeah, or something. One hundred and forty. He was really big. Yeah, it was a freak. I mean, it was six bucks in a bachelor group on October the fifth. All of them completely hard horned, like it was the middle of the season. And this one biggest, by far biggest deer in the whole thing is like perfectly beautiful, full velvet. And I just, I just freaked out and missed him at 18 yards um i don't know but anyway i don't even know what happened on this deer i i, I kind of know what happened i mean i i didn't i wasn't nervous at all nervous at all on i mean it was nothing like that it was i didn't i think i just the the deer was 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 cruising and it was like it was in december and it was i don't know I'm gonna say thirty minutes, but it might have been more like fifteen minutes until dark. It was still plenty of daylight, but it was it was that twilight. It was getting dark, and he come cruising through this hardwood bottom, and he and he made this big kind of half circle, and he and he was walking straight to me, but he was paralleling this thick area where I basically he was doing exactly what the stand was there for because they can only cut through here in one place and we've talked about this on the podcast before my property had a lot of tornado damage during hurricane ida and there are corridors in the hardwoods now where there's so many big treetops down the deer can really i mean it really makes for funnels and i'm I'm hunting on one of them where if they pass through this hardwood area they kind of have there's only like two or three spots they can really without going through a treetop and so he's walking straight to me and when he gets it like 20 yards he's basically got to make a he, he's going almost 90 degrees to his right, my left, to go through this little travel area between a, a, a ditch creek and a big thick laydown, where several big laydowns made a thick area in the hardwoods. And when he turned left and, and, and started walking broadside to me, he's like 20 yards, and I drew back in anticipation of a spot where he might stop. And honestly... Looking back on it, I don't know why I thought he would stop there because he hadn't stopped the whole time, you know. But for some reason, I had it in my mind, I'm going to shoot him right there. And he just walked right through that. And so when he walked right through that, then I kind of realized my mind started speeding up. 
because now he's only, I mean, if he keeps walking, he's only got another 10 or 15 yards, and I'm not going to get a shot at him, or he's going to turn and start going straight away from me to my left, and then I'm not going to have a shot at him. So then I started kind of getting frantic for him to stop, and I don't like to stop deer. Like, I don't like to and stop them and alert them and then shoot them because I, I have the theory that's well proven, in my opinion, uh, you know, what I've witnessed personally. If I alert a deer and then I shoot him, they run a lot further and a lot harder than if I if I can if he just stops naturally and I get a shot and I just shoot him and he don't even know what happens. Most of the time they'll if you make a good shot. Now if you shoot him in the leg or something that that's different. But if you shoot him through the vitals, they'll run. They won't yeah. run that hard. They'll run a little ways and kind of stop and slow down. Like what the hell just happened? And then when that happens, that body cavity really opens up or starts filling up with blood or or a lot of things happen. And I've typically have had good success and not. You know, like most people in Louisiana, it's probably thick as hell where you are too. At least somewhere close to you is got is thick as hell. If you're not in it, you know, and I don't want him to run like that. So my, everything just kind of sped up, and then he find and I'm getting to the point of like I'm going to have to stop him in that next open, and, and he stopped like all of a sudden in a, in a spot, and I'm like, there it is, and I put it on him, and I think I just I think I just I didn't really rush it. I just kind of pulled up through it. I hurried it more than rushed it, if that makes any sense at all. But I just, you know, like, like I felt like I'll say this. My mind was sped up, and I was thinking about a bunch of things. Like, do I stop him here? Do I let him? He's got two or three more openings at, through the woods where if he'll stop in any of them, I'll get a shot at him. And then it's kind of a do or die. I've got to stop him at some point, or he's going to walk away, completely away from any shot opportunity. And so I'm trying to decide, make up my mind, and then in the middle of all that, of course, all this is unfolding quickly, but he just stops, and he's in an opening. So I I put my pin on him, and I knew exactly how far he was. But when I shot, I mean, I shot right over his back. And But I remember when I shot, the release didn't feel clean. I think I pulled up. Like, I, I got down on him, and I, and, and I just, I hurried the... I hurried it, or I just pulled through the shot. I pulled up. I know I felt it. Like I, I, I knew before the arrow got to him that it wasn't a good shot, and it was perfect left and right. It was just right over his back. And um, anyway, that's about the highlight of my season. So, thanks for listening yep. to the Louisiana Bowhunter podcast. <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, I guess was it the hunt I filmed you in slaughter? Was that the was that your last hunt? The horse hunt. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's probably was no, it wasn't. Well, I hunted in Mississippi a, a few times at the end of the season, including the you know I hunted in Mississippi a couple of times, like like the the last weekend, the thirtieth, thirty first, which oh, I yeah. think was the weekend after you filmed me in Slaughter. We went during the week, and I think I went down to the yeah. camp in Mississippi and hunted. So, just I don't know, man. It was just a bad. I mean, just a, we you know. Uh, so season started off great. My son <clears throat> kills two deer in Kansas in October. And everything that we had done during the summer and my trip up there in October led me to believe it was going to be an awesome trip back in November. There were deer everywhere. We had sh- just tons of deer on I camera. Mean, like 20... 20- you would have just never thought that never. we're going to go up to southeast Kansas and hunt for like Nine 10 days, days, Nine days in November and we're not even going to see and not only that but deer. not only that but we had um we had four 
cell cams running. And between those four cell cams, we had, I don't even know, 25 shooters? Yeah, I mean, it was Like, regularly, from August until even while we were there. This was scattered over, like, what, four farms, three farms, something like that? Three farms. Yeah. Scattered over scattered over three farms. Well, it was three farms, but really the it was just two. I mean, there was the place where we were staying. There was property at the cabin where we were staying. We didn't have any cameras on it, and we only hunted it like once. But the two farms we had um, cameras on that we hunted primarily. We had twenty. I don't know. I can't. I mean, that one spot. There was one spot we had that was kind of a creek crossing spot. And we put it, and I mean, it, we had a different shooter every day for like two weeks show up on that. And then they, most yeah. of them, and, and, and some of these, of these 25 shooters, we got m- pictures of every one of them on multiple occasions. And some of them, we got pictures of them every single day for three months. Daylight, dark, yeah. everything. I mean, we, and, yeah, we just kind of, that spot, when we were there, we kind of figured it out, you know, that. You know, all all the big timber was on the other property, so it it kind of made it. And with the wind, it just kind of made it. Although we were getting pictures of a lot of deer, it made it kind of hard to hunt. Well, the problem never really worked out. The underlying problem for us was the weather was terrible, and when you hunt property the way we're hunting, we're hunting traveling deer. You know, they're there and they use the property, yes, but they're very food dependent in a lot of ways and when all of the primary food source is across the creek from you and they're not cruising at all then and the bedding's across and the, creek. the bedding and the primary foods across the creek that's a, still a great travel corridor but you've got to have the weather and rut activity coinciding to where they're actually traveling in the daylight otherwise they're just going bed to food, and during the night, sometimes they're using that crossing, and you're get, still getting pictures of them. Basically, it was in the 70s with a south wind seven of the nine days we were there, and it only got below 50 degrees once, and it was for 24 hours. It wasn't even that cold for 24 hours. It basically rained all day one day, and the wind blew really hard, and it got cool, and it was cold like 38 40 degrees the next morning and warmed right back up during the middle of the day to 70 and it just was no rut activity like we had we we had another trail camera running cellular camera running and you know our friend that was hunting with us he was hunting on the other farms and he saw a couple shooters but he didn't have the creek situation and he was right in the middle of the property and he was hunting a, a feed site you know, he was hunting in a place where he was seeing deer that were feeding, and so he he saw a few shooters. And of course, that time of the year, if you get multiple deer feeding in one area, yeah, they're going to bump each other around and all that. But we didn't see any rut activity from November the second to November the eleventh. We didn't see any rut activity really. Uh, that one, we saw one shooter from a tree stand in nine days, and it was a deer we had never taken a picture of. And he was he out was there, <laughs> and he was an absolute giant. But he yeah. he was like 70 yards, and he was out there messing with a doe right before dark in a bean field. And it was a random wind shifted. We don't really know how to hunt, so let's just go down the edge of this field and climb up on the edge of this field and hope if a buck maybe cruises the edge of this field looking for a doe tonight. 
and he did. Yeah, I mean, and he came yeah. out in the field. But I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, it was just you know, I've never, I've never hunted. Honestly, I've never hunted in the Midwest that time of the year that long, and had that much consistent weather of any kind. And it just happened to be the worst weather consistently for nine days. And of course, the day we left, it got freezing ass cold for like a week. Yep. So, I you know, but it was just wasn't meant to be. But the home season was that way. We we had that stupid cold front right the week of Christmas, the, you know, the days leading up and through Christmas, and then it never got cold again. You know? Um, nope. I know that there were, you know, I mean, there's always, we live in the South. There's good deer hunting everywhere. People, and when you have a community the size of ours and you have people contributing to it and, and then you have social media where people can see everything that's going on all around – then you're going to – people kill deer. They're always going to. And there were a lot of good deer killed in the state. A lot of good deer throughout the Louisiana, Louisiana bow hunter community were killed this year. But um, I just don't I'm, – I'm not – it wasn't a good – I didn't think it was a good season. I did not enjoy my deer season at all. It was, um, it was difficult um, on the weather. It was difficult on the deer – uh, you know uh, it, that, but I'm I'm willing to accept that part of it. That's just how it goes. Sometimes it just ain't your year. I just you know never found myself in the right spot when I got an opportunity. And granted, the opportunity I got, it wasn't like one of the big deer that I had been after all season. It was it was a nice buck. It was a mature buck, but it wasn't a, a huge buck. And it was, you know, it it yeah. And it was it was just a fleeting moment. I only really had a handful of hunts where I saw a good deer and it was exciting. Most of the time it was just uh, just a, a grind with no real results at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, if you think back, um, just from, you know, us running the socials and all that, I mean, man, we, we had that little cool front kind of come through in October where it was cool. And, I mean, October, from what we saw in the – from what I saw in the community – I mean, October, it was like every day it seemed like somebody was sending in like a nice deer, multiple deer on the weekends. We, we couldn't even hardly keep up posting all, all the, the, the nice deer that were killed early in the season. And then late in the season, I mean, it slowed down to a basically a complete halt. I mean, there was a few, you know, Jeff Kane, he killed a nice one in the late season, but I, I think yeah. it definitely slowed down. Yeah, it seemed like it did. Um, I I don't know. I I am I will. I like I said, when you have as much hunting and as much good hunting across an entire state, across an entire region in the southeast, you're inevitably going to see and hear stories about people who have killed amazing deer and had great seasons. It's going to happen no matter what. But broadly speaking, as a majority, I will continue. You know, I, I continue to believe it is so weather dependent. You know, the consistency of having good hunts and not just killing deer, but having good hunts and staying on deer and and being able to do all those things is so completely weather dependent. And when in the South, when we have warm, humid falls and we don't get a lot of cold weather, it makes it makes for harder hunting. And I think that you know, I think that's. Uh, I know for myself and for a lot of people that I know, um, that's kind of been the story of 
of uh, was kind of the story of this season. So, yep. so it is what it is. Um, so you know uh, where we're at right now, springtime, and and we're we wanted to do a final episode to kind of put a wrap on things and and talk about some things and share some things and kind of get some stuff out there as we move forward into 2023 and kind of the first thing i want to share is this is the first year we're going to be we're, we're actually going to have a booth at the louisiana sportsman show this weekend um it's the march 17th through 19th at the lamar dixon um i'm sure a lot of you have intended that show it's been the probably the biggest uh, outdoor expo event in the state of louisiana for a very long time and uh louisiana bow hunter has had a presence there in the past but not for many years and um, we're actually going to have a booth tied right next to our our friend Scree. And, you know, so we're going to be right there together. There's going to be a Scree booth there where you can check out their gear, try it on, get great deals, show specials, all kind of stuff. And we're going to do just big-time show pricing on all Louisiana Bowhunter merchandise. We want to sell out, you know, as much of what we have left on hand so that we can – get ready to bring some new stuff for for 2023 new designs new types of gear new all kind of stuff so um want to invite people to come this weekend and uh check us out and if you've uh if you've never been it's it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool show they have a lot of different things going on there aside from just the vendor booths and all that they got lots of food and you have archery shoot, and I don't know if they have an archery shoot this year, but they have all kind of different things, speakers and all kind of stuff going. It's great fun for the family if you've, you know, never attended one of these. Um, they're great, fun events, and um, and so we'll be in booth 2309, uh, easy to find, really close to the main front entrance of that, that part of the show where all the vendor booths are. So hope you'll come by and check it out, get a good deal on some Louisiana Bowhunter uh, merchandise. Go right next door and check out Scree if you've never. I, I know you hear us talking about it. They're the title sponsor of the podcast, but if you've never had a chance to put your hands on it, you'll be able to. Their booth is set up where it's got a changing room and all that, so you can try it all on. You can get great deals um, ordering at the show with Scree. So that that's exciting, and that that as this podcast drops, that's this weekend, March 17th through 19th, at the Lamar Dixon down in Gonzales, Louisiana. So uh, make sure you check that out. And uh, kind of our final thing here, uh, we want we've talked and teased about our Louisiana Bowhunter Film Contest all season. We told you we were going to do it. We've been like uh, some other things. Unfortunately, we're going to get better at this, but we we've kind of been um, lack slacked on on getting information out on that. But we are still doing it, and I can announce to you here kind of what we're going to do. So we're going to walk through this real quick. So we're gonna we're gonna have two winners, so to speak. We're gonna have first and first place winner, and we're gonna have a runner up in the uh, in the in the deciding uh, part of that. So basically, the winner is gonna receive uh, a gear bundle from Scree, a Buzzard Roost saddle, and a Louisiana Bowhunter gear package. The runner up will receive just a Louisiana Bowhunter gear package. Everybody that submits into the contest will have their video featured on the Louisiana Bowhunter YouTube and with credit to the uh, producers of the film. So this is our our maiden voyage on this. It's something that we want to do not only to uh, just celebrate hunting in Louisiana, 
but Louisiana hunters, because, you know, if you'll go back and listen to one of our previous episodes with uh, Hunter Brown where we talked all about the film contest and what it was going to be all about and all of that kind of stuff, uh, you can hear that was episode 91 called Show Us Your Hunt with Hunter Brown. If you want to go back and look at that, we talked all about the rules and how it's going to be judged and all of that. And um, it's just a cool community engagement thing for us to uh, to do. So one part of this is a uh, an internet vote. Uh, so so here's what we're going to do. This podcast is dropping on March 14th. We'll start putting out information on our website, our email newsletter, our social media uh, pages and everything about how to submit. Um, that will be done via email. You'll probably have to use Google Drive or Dropbox or something like that to share a large file to us. But you'll send it to info, I-N-F-O, info at louisianabowhunter.com. We'll need your name, contact information, uh, city or town and parish that you're from, and any kind of preferred, if you have a title of your film, that would be great as well. Um, submit that to us. We will, in turn, send you a media release form because you'll have to give us access to use your your film on our YouTube channel. And uh, once you've done that, we'll upload that to a playlist on the, the Louisiana Bowhunter YouTube channel. So between now, March the 14th, and the submission due date is going to be midnight on March the 31st. So between now and March the 31st, we'll be uploading submissions that are sent to us to the, to the site. You can start watching them then. On the morning of April the 1st, we will put up internet voting. So we'll have a poll on the homepage of our website. We'll also have a poll running on the Louisiana Bowhunter community page. And um, that's where we'll, we'll tally those votes. And that vote on that, those polls will run... Um, all weekend, April 1st is a Saturday, so Saturday and Sunday. At midnight on April the 2nd, we will tally the votes and shut down the Internet voting, and we will review the scorecards on um, Monday, and we'll announce a winner on April the 3rd. And that is the basics of it. When we start posting things um, tomorrow, we will post uh, information on how to enter and we'll also post information on the website and our social media on the rules of the contest where you'll uh, basic rules and regulations and again if you go back and listen to episode 91 of our podcast we talked all about how the the the, uh, contest is going to run we we're we are not putting a lot of rules on this I mean, there's really not a lot of rules. We want you to be completely creative. There's a few things that we have to do, and basically what it comes down to is you can't break the law in your film. Um, there's You can't break the law. Um, you can't use copyrighted music because we can't use it on YouTube if you use copyrighted music, so we won't be able to take a submission with that. So in other words, you can't, like, if you don't know, there's... There's royalty-free music all over the Internet that you can download and use. Copyrighted music is basically anything from an artist that you like. Your favorite song, your favorite um, song from anybody. Uh, Somebody, some country artist may have the the greatest lyrics that just match what you think is the feel of your video perfect, but I'm sorry, you can't use it. 
unless you pay them. And I don't think anybody's doing that in a small uh, hunt, so. hunting film contest. So, um, and if you do and we post it on YouTube, we'll get banned, we'll, we'll get flagged and all kind of stuff like that. So, you know, we're not going to take high fence hunts. Um, we'll take it. We'll take the hunt film. We'll use it and show it on our YouTube if you want your content featured. If it's a high fence in the state of Louisiana and you're doing everything legal, I'm fine with that. But we talked about this in, in length. Um, it's free for, uh, as far as being get, being considered um, in the judging for the contest. It's uh, fair chase only, no no high fence. Um, is there anything else, Colin, that we can kind of mention? Well, again, we're going to post something that has a you know an outline of rules and regulations as well as uh, submission info. But was there anything else that that's worth mentioning here? I don't I don't think so. Two two places two uh, two places will win first place second place uh, submissions due March thirty first. The we'll open the polls uh, on the first and the second, and we'll announce the winner on the third. And yeah, so if you don't remember, basically it'll be a a, a four point vote type deal where. Um, Colin, myself, and Levi will all vote on a winner and a runner-up, and the fan vote will be the fourth judge, so to speak. So it'll be a majority vote. Um, we'll decide on based on on that uh, that that kind of judging system. So again, I we don't know what we're gonna get. Um, one of you lucky people may be the only person that submits a video, and then you <laughs> win by default, no matter how good it is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I hope I know. I know there's a lot of people uh, that film their hunts. I know filming hunting is very popular. I mean, obviously, Colin and I do it for a living, um, and you know, it's just become real popular. I mean, the hell, there's a whole company that has that has become a very popular, not popular, but successful company built around helping people buy hunting camera setups like Campbell cameras. I know they do a lot more than just hunting, but they have, you know, it's so popular that they sell and have done very well marketing and selling packages of camera gear just for people to go out in the woods and film hunting. So I know there's people filming hunting. People have their own social media interest and YouTube interest. So you're already got film. I know people are, are doing that and editing and producing film. So why not showcase your work with a large community here in the state and, uh, you know, in doing so, um, have a chance to win. It'll be, I mean, probably it's about twelve hundred dollars, twelve to fifteen hundred dollars worth of gear in prizes. And uh, yep. if you are an aspiring um, YouTuber or digital content creator, it'd be a great way to get some of your work featured. We have a a pretty big following at Louisiana Bowhunter. We get a lot of views, and we'll be sharing a lot of the stuff on our social media and driving people to view your film on our YouTube channel. So. Um, <clears throat> I just think it's a cool thing. What are your? You have any any thoughts about it, Colin? No, I mean I hope. Like I said, we talked a lot more about it in that episode with Hunter Brown, but hopefully it goes good. I mean, I, I hope we get a lot of um, entries, and you know, if it goes goes well, I mean, we briefly talked about maybe expanding it. We'll just have to see how it goes, but I just think it's a really cool thing. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, just trying to find a ways to ways to engage more with the community. 
Um, obviously, our primary interest is to is to grow Louisiana bow hunter and do and and but you know Louisiana bow hunter is not it is intended to be a community brand you know and so what better way to support that idea than to try to find a way to showcase um other people in the community and other types of hunting and that's one of the things that we talked about hope is is very well represented in this contest is hopefully there's entries from lots of different parts of the state where you can see um you know hunting and 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 styles and Mm -hmm landscapes and, and all that kind of stuff so yeah for me i just like you know considering the season i had just watching other people be successful <laughs> we couldn't kill a deer so maybe we'll just watch somebody else kill one damn good thing we don't make a living doing this and <laughs> yeah. it's a tough season but uh yeah so um yeah i mean that's you got some cool stuff lined up for next year you know already in the works yeah so for people that don't know um me personally um i do i've i've gone to work for scree full time now and so um i'm really excited because that will get, you know help to continue that kind of partnership with louisiana bow hunter but you know for just for me as a bow hunter i'm i'm going to get to do a lot more hunting um and collins involved as well with scree social media and and stuff and we're going to be doing a whole lot more a lot more hunting because we're tasked with creating a whole lot more content in-house for scree um so we got a lot of stuff lined up that's going to be fun and i want to encourage you all as well as we have kind of a new thing we started we did some back during the fall and and just like this podcast we kind of tailed off since the holidays but um we have a new podcast called the scree country podcast and um I'm the host of it along with one of the owners of Scree and um it, we're we're working on a plan and a schedule and um going to be, you know, start recording more frequently this year. So I encourage people to check that out. It's uh we we've had some pretty we had some pretty cool guests uh, in those first I think we did 8 or 9 episodes to start off with. One of our guests was Roland Welker, if you're familiar with the alone series uh i don't know what channel that what, history channel maybe it's one history, of the more it's one of the it's more either, what yeah one of the more popular it's either history or uh, discovery yeah one of those things but anyway but you can stream it on netflix now um uh but alone is one of the most popular backcountry survival reality shows it's it's, it's real. crazy it's <laughs> real like i know all the, a lot of those shows are real in terms of the people go through a lot and they're real survival experts that get in on these reality shows, but alone is self-filmed the whole, they give these people, um, cameras. And so it's not like the most cinema, you know, the cinematography and all that kind of stuff for the show is not like top notch, but it's real. Like they get, as I understand it, the people get health checks. Like once a week, they have to come check on them, make sure they're alive and they bring them new batteries and stuff like that, I guess. But, they filmed the whole thing with GoPros and like little small handy cams, and it is crazy. And Roland Welker is the only—he's he, the winner of season seven, and he's the only the only person to ever make it a hundred days um, yep. on this show. And he did it in the Arctic, like in the winter, like it's insane. Anyway, 
<laughs> we, we interviewed him on the, he's he's a, a, like an ambassador for scree he wear he's a alaskan out he he does back alaskan backcountry adventure hunts um as his job and he he's a scree outfitter but uh so we in, we interviewed him and he told the whole story and he's a very interesting dude so anyway the scree country podcast is a pretty neat uh venture that i'm doing with scree and if you like podcasts you like outdoor podcasts that that, that podcast is going to be um pretty wide in terms of scope we're going to you know have guests for all kind of different things like that guy talking about you know survival and um legislation and biology and hunting stories and just everything so um that's kind of a cool thing that we have going on uh, over over there with that if you're looking for a new podcast to add to your collection um as far as this year podcast um we've we've talked about a lot of things and we don't we don't have anything really planned out exactly so we may do some episodes during the off season but they won't be necessarily scheduled on a regular routine schedule um but uh you know we may if we get the opportunity to have some content or a guest that throughout the um throughout the off season we may throw a um that's one of the great things about podcasts is it's kind of just whatever the hell you want it to be, <laughs> you know? Yep. And so I can see, you know, if we get a chance to do some, maybe some, some archery discussion during turkey season, uh, some bow fishing stuff during the summer. I mean, there's some things we can do, some 3D shooting um, podcasts and stuff. My my son is shooting in his first ever archery tournament tomorrow at one thirty over in Maybe Port Allen or somewhere. He's shooting in like a 4-H state qualifier regional or something. So, uh, and there's, uh, uh, you know, turn 3D and tournament archery uh, during the off season. So, we'll, we, we might we might try to put some podcasts uh, together, but our, our season typically we start, we start recording podcasts again around Labor Day. Things really start to tick up at that point. People are getting ready for, for October the 1st and, even some of those earlier seasons in mid-September. And um, like you said, Colin, you start to miss it. And uh, when it's July and it is so miserable outside, you're going <laughs> to really miss it. Because we complain about the weather. It doesn't get as cold as we want it to get. And then we get tired. And it's like, you know, the hunting becomes a grind. And kind of like my favorite saying has always been, but July is coming. Yep. Every yeah, time I, I know. Complain. Yeah, it's like I know for me, you know, once the season ends, I like to. Me personally, I like to get all my chores for the next season. I like to do it right when the season ends. It's still, you know, the weather's nice. Snakes aren't out. It's not all grown up everywhere. So, yeah. As soon as the season ends, I, I mean, I like to scout a lot, walk around a lot, um, and I like to do some of my chores and whatnot that way you don't have to grind it out so hard and in august when it's you know 102 degrees you know what i like to do i like to say that i'm going to do that every year and then never do it and have to do it when it's 100 degrees and every single year i'd say the exact same thing man in february before the weather gets bad i'm gonna get out there and take care of all my tree stand stuff and 
scout for turkeys while I'm out there doing all this, and then I'm not going to have to do it in the heat, and then I don't do a damn bit of it. And then turkey season rolls around, and I'm too busy turkey hunting when I am in the woods. And then before you know it, it's July and August, and it's miserable, and it's hot, and I've got all kinds of shit to do, and I'm in poison ivy, and there's snakes. And, and then just, you have to do it then I because have to the season's it. about to be here. <laughs> it happens every year, and it's happening right now. And I work from home, where I have zero excuse. <laughs> That's not fair. Where you're, where, where you hunt, seven minutes away. It's literally all I do is step out of my office and get on my side by side and ride back there. But in fairness, in fairness, I have been traveling, working the expo and and shows for Scree. We've been at uh, ATA yeah, I mean, and Pennsylvania and Iowa Deer Classic and the NWTF. Uh, national convention and the sci convention and now this weekend and i coach high school baseball too so that started up in january and i have ball practice every afternoon and and games and so yeah so yeah i mean that that's why i mean not to make excuses but that's why we kind of slacked off between your new job and my new job we've probably been to i don't know 10 or 11 different states it's just been in 2023 been the busiest two and a half months of my life and I am a busy, yeah. busy person. I have been for a long time, and this might be the busiest two and a half months. So, uh, but I'm enjoying every minute of it. I'm in, I'm enjoying yep. it. I love being back in coaching, and at least coaching actually, you know, coaching ball and not just coaching kids, babysitting. Yep. I enjoyed coaching young kids when my kids were young, but it was fun for what it was. But I'm enjoying back in you know at the varsity level. And uh, I'm enjoying working with Scree and being able to go out and I hope that we see the same thing this weekend at the Louisiana Board, at the Louisiana Sportsman Show because um, it's really cool events and um, you really can get some good deals and like I said we we got we unfortunately with with just kind of the way we did things this year and we're going to learn to do things better but we had a lot of stuff come in late really after people had um, already kind of done their fall buying and shopping and so we got some pretty cool designs and stuff with it that we didn't get in till late and they really haven't gotten out there so we're gonna have some probably have some pretty cool stu- stuff in the louisiana bowhunter booth that you might not have seen before uh because they weren't out there all fall you know they didn't get out in the stores that carry our stuff and stuff like that so um <clears throat> hope you guys will come by and check us out and i really hope that uh, hope we get some people to contribute and get involved in the in the film contest it could be a lot of fun and um you know be fun to see what all we get and and what we can showcase out there on youtube so i guess that's that's really all we had for this episode we just wanted to kind of wrap the season up um like i said we're going to try to find reasons to uh to do a few podcasts during the off season and kind of stay engaged and love to hear from you if you got ideas for us about how the podcast could be better or things you'd like to hear next season or things you'd like for us to do at Louisiana Bowhunter, I know everybody wants us to bring back the Louisiana Bowhunter 3D shoot, and we are working on that. We don't have details. We don't have dates. I don't even know that it's going to be this year. But in the future, we are definitely going to try to do that, maybe even do it more than once a year. I don't know. Um, but that's definitely something we want to do. But... uh I mean, we would love to get 
feedback, you can always email us at info at Louisiana Bow Hunter. You can message us on all the different social media channels, our main pages, and contribute to the Louisiana Bow Hunter community as well. Uh, you know, stay in touch and and uh, like I said, we'll we'll continue to try to put some content out there and stay engaged with you guys. And hopefully, you will get out and shoot your bow during the off season. Try to go kill a turkey with your bow. Do something. Stay engaged. I got a new bow. In uh, Colin, I have I have one coming soon. See my new bow right there. Colin can see. Oh, me. You, oh, you got it in. Yeah, it's hanging right there. Um, sweet. I'm shooting a bear. I guess that's something. I'm. I'm actually shooting the new Bear Execute this year. So, uh, I've been a Hoyt guy. I still love Hoyts. Um, I love shooting my RX-7 this year, but I'm going to get rid of that and try out the Bear Execute 30. Um, I was approached in, I was approached at the ATA show about whether I, about shooting. Um, <clears throat> Bear basically asked me, to shoot one of their bows as kind of part of a pro staff type deal. And so um, they sent me a bow, and I'm pretty excited about it. I shot it at ATA. Um, I, I was I, I really wanted to feel it and make sure I was that I liked it, I was comfortable with it before I just shot something just to say I was shooting it, you know. Um, and I really liked it. It's a very good – I've never had a bear bow before. And so they've got a couple of new bows that are more – of uh, the execute is kind of their flagship pro series bow and they got a another one along that same line they got an execute 32 and then they got another one called a uh the legend xr the whitetail legend it? xr um that's one that's a, a pretty high end uh and then they got another one that the hunt that was the one they designed with the, the, adapt. Public. the adapt the adapt that one shoots it's a solo cam it shoots really good um so anyway, I got the Execute Thirty, got it. Uh, I I got that new uh, Trophy Ridge Digital React. Have you seen that? I've seen it, but I haven't like obviously looked. So at it's it. like a if you know what the Trophy Ridge React site is, it's their single pin slider. Trophy Ridge's single pin slider, or all their slider design sites <clears throat> are called the Reacts. Well, the Digital React actually has a digital. It's got a digital display. I'm not even sure exactly how it works. Um, but, and so instead of, like, I'm not sure exactly, I haven't set it up yet, so I'm not exactly sure how you set it up, all that, but basically what happens is you have a dial on the side, and it, the dial turns and it slides the side up and down, but instead of having, like, a little, a little pin, a tape with a pin, you have a digital screen, so when you turn it, that digitally tells you what yardage you're at, and, um, I don't know, I, it's, I'm interested to try it out. Uh, it's kind of neat. Uh, so try that out. And, uh, the bow shoots really good. So I'm excited about that. I think mentioning last thing to mention, we're just kind of going through some final things, last things here to wrap up this, but the giveaway, the scree giveaway, you guys really need to know about this. So we leased, we leased 1100. Yeah. So Colin and I, are doing a series. Colin and I, along with other people, uh, other uh, other colleagues that we have at Scree and partners of Scree, we're doing a series called The Blueprint this year. Basically what that is, is it's, it is the blueprint of acquiring a farm, managing it, and hunting it throughout the year. 
everything everything that goes into that. We we leased eleven hundred acres in northeast Oklahoma. And uh we leased it from our friends at one eighty outdoors. I'm familiar with the property, I've hunted on it, I've filmed on it. It is a both fan- of us. Both of us have, and it is a fantastic place. Neither one of us have really been all over this eleven hundred, but we've hunted in different parts of it. And it's an awesome place. Well, we leased it through Scree, and we're doing an awesome giveaway, and you guys really need to sign up. So the giveaway is you're going to win an Extreme Bundle, which is basically everything Scree makes. You're going to win a Bear Whitetail Legend Pro bow, completely rigged out with Trophy Ridge accessories and sick broadheads. Two dozen method arrows, which used to be called vector arrows, and they just um, renamed themselves method. And they're actually it's a pretty cool custom arrow build. Go check them out. Like you, you put in all your information. They recommend a certain shaft. They build it for you and send it to you built, cut, ready to go. It's pretty cool. So you'll get two dozen method arrows. White a bear whitetail legend pro XR, fully rigged out with trophy ridge accessories, an extreme bundle from Scree, which is basically everything, almost everything they make. It's about a $2,000 bundle. A custom knife from Stroop Knives. A cruiser hunting saddle setup, so basically a complete saddle setup from Cruiser. And an all-expenses-paid hunt with me and Colin on the 1,100 acres this fall in Oklahoma. And by all expenses, I mean your license, your food, everything but your travel. And if you're from here in Louisiana, you might can ride up there with me and Colin if you win it. <laughs> but if you, but but I mean, as far as the terms of the deal, um, you got to show up. But everything is paid for, and uh, it's about ten thousand uh, dollar giveaway. And all you got to do is go to Scree and sign up. Go to ScreeGear dot com. Um, I don't know the exact URL, but you can find it if you go. We'll post a QR code. If you come to the booth this weekend at Louisiana Sportsman Show or you go to the Scree booth at the World Deer Expo in Birmingham or any of the Texas Trophy Hunters, any of these places, we have a big sign with a QR code. You scan that, it takes you straight to the landing page. All you got to do is sign up, sign up for the, the Scree newsletter, email uh, distribution list, and uh, that gets you in. No purchase necessary. It's an amazing giveaway. So make sure you check that out. We'll make some posts on Louisiana Bowhunter about that this summer. So you can get signed up. And uh, other than that, there's your update on everything that's going on in our world and and what you can yep. expect from, from us between now and and next season. Um, try to get some new merchandise. Definitely got some ideas. Maybe get some off uh, some stuff out this summer as well. But come by the Louisiana Sportsman Show. Check out our booth. Grab up some gear at some good prices. You got anything else, Colin, before we wrap it up? No, that's it. Hope hope to see some of you guys this weekend. Yep. Hope you'll come by. Like I said, stay in touch with us. Shoot us a message on social media. Email us at info at Louisiana Bowhunter. We love hearing from people, good, bad, or otherwise. We want to know what kind of content you want to want to hear on this podcast, what kind of merchandise you'd like to see from Louisiana Bowhunter, all those kind of things. This is a community brand. It's meant for the community, so we want to hear what the community thinks. And... uh we won't hear from you on a regular. You won't hear from us on a regular schedule for a while, 
But uh, we will definitely be back on a regular schedule in September of 2023 and uh, look for some episodes to drop between now and then. Come by and see us at the Louisiana Sportsman Show this weekend. And if you uh, have you been filming, get your film together, enter the film contest. We hope you win. Uh, can't wait to see your work. Thank you so much for listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast again this year, helping us make it successful. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. If you have anybody you'd like to hear on the show, reach out to us at info at louisianabowhunter.com. And if you want to help support Louisiana Bowhunter, go by your local archery shop and pick up some merchandise. If you don't have any at your local shop, let us know and we'll reach out to them. Or pick up your gear at louisianabowhunter.com and we'll ship it out to you same day. See you next week.